was the bottom of the ninth with McGuire up the bat. Feeling so at home in my giant ace cap. I was eight years old, wearing gold and green. From my head to my toes, rap game Billy Bean. She was my first kiss, but I don't think it counts. On the kindergarten trip to the Oakland Firehouse. Sitting in the stands with her family. With the baseball glove her dad handed me. As the season unfolded, we held our breath. Watching Ricky Henderson, the quickest runner in the West. Hello, and welcome to the podcast Jokestrap with Wes Hoffman. Here, Wes will discuss two of his favorite things, which are sports and stand-up comedy. Hence the name Jokestrap. If you like this episode, please subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes, or wherever podcasts are available. With that being said, please enjoy this episode of Jokestrap. Hey everybody, welcome to Jokestrap. This is episode number 102. This is Wes Hoffman. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, I do hope the volume on this episode is loud enough. Um, I had to make a bit of a technical change uh, that I was not expecting prior to recording this. For a second, I thought I wasn't even going to get to record an episode. I thought my equipment had totally busted on me. Turns out that the microphone cord I was using, not the mic itself, but just the microphone cord, uh, was not uh, registering. So... The equipment did not even know that there was a microphone cord plugged in at all. Luckily, from my days of hosting comedy shows, I had other microphone cords laying around. So I'm using one of those instead. But I don't know if that particular cord doesn't work as well. Or maybe I'm too loud, in which case you can adjust your volume accordingly. Um, But yeah, so... uh. With that out of the way, uh, thanks for listening. Like I said, this is Jokestrap. And, uh, wow, it's been a crazy, like, past week or so of, like, sports stuff. Especially for my Oakland A's. Uh, it's been kind of an insane past few days. Um, past week, I would say. Uh, the recording date of this episode, by the way, is October 30th, uh, Saturday. Um, 2021 so that's the day of this recording and uh, let's see on October 26th uh, the Alameda County um, they voted on the A's new ballpark uh, plans at Howard Terminal near Jack London Square and they voted on that and uh, the they ended up voting on a non-binding agreement so that means they could back out if they want to but with that being said, um, usually when political groups make non-binding votes, uh, they never they never back out. It's usually for for the for the good. Like they wouldn't vote yes if they were considering backing out. That's usually how it goes. So even though it was a non-binding uh, resolution that they voted on, and the vote passed uh, four to one in favor of the new ballpark for the A's. So that is good news. Another step forward in the right progress. Um, Now, uh, the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, said, like, oh, yeah, this is is good news. You know, it's another step forward in the right direction. We'll keep working with Oakland and also our alternative in Las Vegas. So... So uh, there's there's that, but um, 
Vegas uh, governor was on uh, an ESPN radio show. Not Vegas's governor. <laughs> Nevada's governor, where Vegas is, um, was on an ESPN radio show discussing the A's. And he pretty much said after the county had voted that Vegas was pretty much out of the picture. Um, uh, he said that uh, it, it said he said it's not over. Let me just get this quote here for you real quick. Do, 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 do. Okay, he said, it's not over, but looks like a deal has been struck with Oakland. He said, it felt like the A's were using them as a stalking horse. Not sure if A's are right for them. And third, he had no appetite for subsidy to A's, says they're on their own. Um, so... I mean, according to the Nevada governor, it sounds like Vegas is pretty much out of the picture. And, yeah. So, um, so that's good news, right? So, that was good um, that, that the vote passed. Uh, it's another step forward. It's going really slow, though, for the A's, like, it, with Oakland. Like, uh, the county originally... They they were they postponed a vote that was going to happen in July, and they're like, oh, we need to learn more. We need to find out more info. And then when they were voting this week on Tuesday, it acted. It seemed like they never did their research. They never found out the answers they were looking for between the time they uh, postponed the original vote or postponed the date that they were going to vote. So uh, now, s s with the non-binding agreement, the A's and the city are going to work out because the A's in the city originally had a non-binding agreement. So now the A's in the city of Oakland are going to try to work out a final agreement. And in the meantime, the county is going to finally do that research that they should have done in the first place. So still need to come up with that final agreement. Still need to come up with both final agreements. And then uh, got to figure out the EIR developmental development stuff too. Uh, hopefully by the end of the year and finally get a get a move on on the stadium now two days after this vote happened and the and the um timing of this is extremely important because if it happened before before this vote i'm not sure that uh uh the vote passes so two days after october 28th it was reported around 5 p.m. Pacific time. It was reported that Bob Melvin had signed a three-year deal to manage the San Diego Padres. Now, this was a shock because uh, Bob Melvin had his uh, contract option exercise way back in June for the 2022 season. Uh, but apparently, uh, ownership had let Bob Melvin talk to other teams and uh, he took that opportunity, Padres interviewed him, and Padres offered him a deal for three years and 12, and 12 million, which is interesting because um, Bob Melvin would have made about 4 million for 2022. So he's making the same amount per year. Um, so what does that mean? That may mean that Bob Melvin knows that the A's are going in a direction that he does not want to go. Because... Bob Melvin's a Bay Area guy. He bled green and gold, basically. He grew up 
in Palo Alto. He went to Cal. Uh, he, I mean, he's, he, he loved the A's pretty much. He was there since the um, uh, 2011 season he arrived. He replaced Bob Guerin. So he'd been there 10-plus years as their manager, the winningest Oakland A's manager, not winningest athletics manager of all time. That goes to Connie Mack, and no one's ever going to catch Connie Mack. But in terms of being in Oakland, Bob Melvin had the most wins as a manager. Um, but now he's gone. So the reports were true. He signed with the Padres, but he must know something. He must know the direction the A's are planning on going, and uh, – all signs are starting to seem like the A's might be going into rebuild soon. We might see Matt Chapman. We might see Matt Olson. Uh, guys like that get traded. Might see Shamanaya leaving. Maybe Frankie Montas. Uh, now, that being said, the A's, that would suck, but the A's do have a depleted farm system. There's not much in terms of prospects in the A's minor league system. You have Tyler Soderstrom in the low level. He was in low A Stockton, a, low A Stockton, um, this past season. Um, he's the top number one prospect. But then after that, it's kind of like, okay, who do you have? Zach Geloff is probably the number two prospect right now. Um, AJ Puck never turned out to be the prospect that they thought he was. Um, they traded Jesus Lozardo last year, um, and they traded uh, some of their other prospects recently. But So, Lay's farm system is pretty depleted. So, if you trade a guy like Matt Olson or Matt Chapman to a team, you're probably going to land at least three or four big prospects, and that would help ramp up your farm system again. So, And it seems like whenever a team, before they get a new stadium... Um, they can go this direction sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes, you know, your team still competes until you can get that new stadium. But I remember the Miami Marlins went through a similar thing. They did a rebuild, and then they got their new stadium, and then they stacked their team. <laughs> they stacked all – they got all these free agents for their first year at the Miami ballpark, and then it failed horribly because all those players did not perform well, and then they traded, like, half that team midseason. Hopefully that does not happen with the A's. Hopefully they don't do that. Hopefully hopefully they <laughs> they don't go that route. So um but yeah, the timing of the Melvin thing is a big big deal because had he had it been announced that he was going to the Padres the day before the county voted, it may have changed the way the county voted. Like they may have been like, "Well, you're not really committed to Oakland here, are you? Your your manager just left." You know. I could see how something like that might have swayed the vote. So uh, even though it sucks that Melvin's leaving, I am glad that the news wasn't announced before the vote. Um, as far as replacements for Bob Melvin down the line, who do I think should be uh, the new manager for the A's? Uh, uh, potentially Ron Washington. I would like him to be the replacement. But uh, Ron Washington, current coach with the Atlanta Braves, who are in the World Series, they wouldn't be able to interview him till after the World Series. But also, I think Ron Washington might be out of the price range for what the A's are looking for, especially if they're going into a rebuild. Why would you want to pay that much for a manager? Um, I think that's part of the reason why they let Melvin talk to other teams. Um, so, 
Maybe a potential replacement could be the bench coach, Ryan Christensen, although I would not like that pick. Uh, third base coach, Mark Kotze, I would be okay with that one. Uh, Bobby Crosby has been managing in the minor leagues for the A's. He was managing Double uh, A Midland this year. He's another possibility. Um, so probably one of those four guys, I think, would probably be the replacement. There's also been uh, discussions about guys like Buck Showalter, Brad Osmus, um, and Mike Socha has even come up in discussions. Uh, I, I don't know how I would feel about like Mike Socha managing the A's. I, he was like the rival with the Angels for so many years. He was a rival when he played with the Dodgers in the 88 World Series. Like I don't know how I would feel with him in an A's uniform. I, I I don't know if I could take that. Um, plus, I think he's done anyway. Um, I know he did manage the Olympic team recently, but I think as far as Major League Baseball goes, I think Sosha's done managing. Uh, there's rumors Bruce Bochy wants to get back into managing. I don't know if he would want to take on the A's um, job either. Um, but, yeah, but I, I think it narrows down to Ron Washington, and that's like the top choice. But, like, I think that's also the furthest from happening choice. And then Bobby Crosby, Ryan Christensen, or Mark Crosby. I think one of those four is going to end up with the job. But we'll see. Uh, going to be a, a long off season for A's fans, though. Uh, pretty sure of it. Um, and mostly, mostly bad news if you're an A's fan. But remember this... This all goes towards a bigger goal, which is to get the stadium. So we're go headed in the right direction for remaining in Oakland. So as long as they can. We like to be able to do everything we want, you know, but you can't have everything sometimes, especially when you're an A's fan. So um, between the stadium and keeping the players, I think the stadium is more important because once you get that stadium, then you'll be able to generate some money and actually keep those players. So. In the long run, it's what it's what's more valuable right now. All right. So uh, today was an interesting day, too, in terms of sports. Um, October 30th, uh, the San Jose Sharks had a game today against the Winnipeg Jets. Now, the Sharks hey, had came into today with a 4-3 and three record. They won their first four games of the season, and then they lost the most recent three so they were four and three coming into today uh, they had just been shut out on Thursday by the Montreal Canadiens the Montreal Canadiens beat the San Jose Sharks in San Jose for the first time since 1999 so th that was kind of a bummer and that was only Montreal's second win of the season uh, so today it was uh announced shortly before the game that the Sharks would be minus seven players going on the COVID protocol list, plus their head coach, who was confirmed to have tested positive for COVID. They would be out. And then also Logan Couture, the captain, would be out with a non-COVID illness. So they'd be minus eight players and their head coach. Now, luckily for the Sharks... Uh, the San Jose Barracuda team, their minor league team, uh, who plays in the same arena currently, uh, they had a home game last night. So they were in town and nearby. 
So the Sharks were able to call up some players from the Barracuda to play in the Sharks game tonight. And uh, or it was like a 4 p.m. Well, it was originally a 4 p.m. game time, but then they delayed it to 4.30 uh, just, uh, I guess, because of the whole COVID thing. They gave the players a little bit more time um, to get ready. Uh, so, so that was that. And, uh, yeah, so it, it was like a far fetch for the Sharks to be able to win tonight. Um, they were minus, you know, Logan Couture with his illness. Uh, Eric, Eric Carlson was on, a was on the list, the COVID list, Matt Nieto, Jacob Middleton, um, like some of your key players were gone. So the Sharks scored, er well, not early, but they scored first in the second period. Uh, Tomas Hurdle uh, got the goal, put him up one nothing, and then the Sharks had a one nothing lead like the entire game until like three twelve left in the third period, and then the Winnipeg Jets scored, so it made it one to one, and then it was going to overtime, and the Sharks started to look a little tired, which is understandable because a lot of these guys that had got called up from Barracuda. <laughs> Um, Barracuda played last night, so yeah, they're probably probably a tired group. Uh, but uh, the Jets committed a penalty in overtime, uh, and the Sharks took advantage, got a power play goal from Timo Meyer to seal the victory, one two to one. So it was a huge win for the Sharks. Um, we'll see how long uh, the players that are on the COVID protocol list um, are gone. Um, from what I read, only a couple couple of the players are. Systematic, systematic, symptomatic, symptomatic, not systematic. <laughs> Only a couple of them have sim symptoms, I should say. Um, and so when you have symptoms, you have to isolate for at least 10 days and then get your doctor approval before returning. Uh, but if you're not showing symptoms, I guess it's a, a different uh, time period or something like that. Uh, and who knows how many of them actually tested positive because um, sometimes you can just be put on the protocol list if you had been, like, near someone. Like, for example, Jacob Middleton could have tested positive, but being that he's another defenseman and they work together a lot, EK65 could have been placed on the list just because close contact protocols. So I don't know how many of that group actually tested positive and how many didn't. So we'll see how long some of these players are gone. But it was nice to see these young guys step up today for the Sharks and come through. Um, so Sharks get a huge 2-1 to one victory today. And, uh, yeah, before the Sharks game got underway, I was watching the San Jose State football team, and uh, I thought maybe their starting quarterback, Nick Starko, would be back available I, I read that he was warming up before the game and ready to go, but then uh, it uh, he ended up not playing. It was, again, uh, their backup, Nick Nash, who is a, a run-first quarterback. Uh, they had a game against Wyoming at home in San Jose. And uh, San Jose State, uh, fortunately, was able to come away with a victory today. Uh, they won the game 27-21. to 21. Uh, I will just say this, though, for San Jose State. I don't know where they would be this year. Um, they're now 5-4, five 5-4 and four, five and four record overall, but I don't know where they would be this year if it weren't for their tight end, Derek Deese Jr. Um, he's an amazing player. You lost 
the the school lost uh, Bailey Gaither and Trey uh, Trey Walker both during uh, the um, draft or they were seniors they were leaving uh, they could have returned both of those guys they could have returned because the um, NCAA made the rule because of COVID that players could return for a, like a second senior se- second senior season basically but. Those guys chose not to enter the NFL draft. And then, coincidentally, both those guys are also, looks like they're both done playing football. I know Bailey Gaither actually retired. And then uh, the Bills, or was it the Bills? I think it was the Bills, uh, dropped uh, Trey Walker. So he's a free agent. But uh, Derek Dees Jr. is one of the receivers. He just chose to come back for another year. And he's he's a... Paid a huge dividends at the tight end position for the San Jose State Spartans. He's the number one target by far. Um, made some huge catches, many for lots of yards. So, yeah, if it wasn't for him, I, I don't know if uh, San Jose State has a winning record right now. All right. So, uh, Golden State Warriors uh, suffered their first loss of the season the other night um, against the. Uh, who was it? Against the Memphis Grizzlies, they lost in overtime. Uh, they're currently playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, and they're winning 79-58 uh, to 58, um, currently in the third quarter. Uh, it's not televised for me. That's why I'm not watching it right now. Um, so, But the Warriors are off to a good start. 4-1 record overall. Looks like it's about to be 5-1, and one, so that's good uh, if you're a Golden State Warriors fan. And... Uh, Major League Baseball, the World Series currently underway. I uh, haven't been watching it, but I do know that the Braves have a 2-1 to one game lead, although Game 4 is underway right now. Uh, last I saw, um, the Astros had a 2 nothing lead. I don't know if that's changed at all. No, it looks like it is a 2-1 to one lead right now in the top of the 7th, so we'll see if they hold on. Or not. If the Braves somehow come back and win, they'll have a 3-1 lead in that series. And then, uh, yeah, I assume I, I what I plan on doing is I'll watch the game. If I'll watch it in game after the Braves have already won three games in the series. So once they do that, then I'll I'll watch and hopefully try to watch the Braves beat the Astros. Uh, but until then, I, I don't really care. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that's uh, pretty much the sports update. The biggest news being about the county and the, the A's vote. Oh, oh, I guess I should talk about the 49ers. Uh, basically, they're all hurt. Uh, they're hurting. Uh, you name it, they're hurt. They're, they're, they're not looking very good. They play the Bears tomorrow, Chicago Bears, 10 a.m. game Pacific time. Uh, Jimmy G., Jimmy Garoppolo is still the quarterback as of now. Uh, did not have a good game last week in the rain, even though it was raining. I don't know if you could blame the rain, but we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, the, a lot of the players just keep getting hurt and it's hurting the team, <laughs> as you can imagine. Uh, it's like deja vu all over again from last year. Um, so, anyway, anyway, yeah, that's all the updates. All the sporting events, but yeah, the main thing I want to talk about was the county vote for the A's and the Bob Melvin shocking news of him leaving the team, but also 
understanding that, you know, if they are trying to get a stadium, this isn't really too surprising. Um, although it is surprising. <laughs> All right. And uh, as far as comedy goes, uh, there is a show recommendation that uh, I can make. Uh, on Tubi TV, uh, there's a co comedian, a uh, comedian I've worked with before. Her name is Marcella Arguello. Uh, she's got a show on Tubi, T-U-B-I. It's a free app, so you could download the app on your, on your Fire Stick or whatever you use to store all your apps. And uh, it's a show called The Catch, uh, C-A-C-H-E, like Computer Cache. And uh, you can check out that show. The shows are like 20 minutes each. Uh, new new shows are posted on Mondays. And uh, there's been a couple so far. What it is is uh, basically a, a Tosh.0 kind of show, sort of, um, where she introduces these viral videos and then just makes fun of them, basically. Um, at first, when I first started watching it, I have to admit, I was like, oh, this isn't going to be very good because Marcella can't be her natural self. Like, her jokes are toned down a little bit. But then as it went on, I was like, all right, all right, this is actually kind of funny. Uh, and she does a good job with it. So uh, maybe give that a shot. And like I said, the episodes are only 20 minutes each. So if you only have a little bit of time to kill, but you want to watch something, you can start watching one of those on Tubi TV. The only thing is with Tubi TV is... Um, if you just start watching and don't create an account, I noticed that it, like if you pause an episode and then resume it, it'll make you restart at the beginning if you haven't logged in. Like you get the accounts free. I just haven't created an account. <laughs> I was just watching it without creating an account, but it doesn't save your progress if you actually aren't logged in. So that's one thing to realize if you plan on watching numerous shows on Tubi. Tubi Zap. Anyway, all right, guys, that's going to be it for me. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and uh, talk to you next time. Happy Halloween if you celebrate. Bye.